Want to do better? Then it's time to change the story. Welcome to our show about new visions currently transforming the world through the confluence of art, tech, and innovation. And now your hosts, Michael Ashley and Neil Sahota. Welcome to another episode of Changing the Story. We have a fantastic guest today, Meldy Moore. She is a former prosecutor who uses her expertise in trial negotiation to help grow and strengthen families. Meldy practices family formation law, including domestic adoptions, assisted reproduction technology agreements, family law, estate planning, school discipline, timeline investigations, and special education. Meldy received her JD from Pepperdine University and her LLM from Chapman University. Meldy is also the mother of two boys through adoption and assisted reproduction. Meldy, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's so nice to be here. Thank you for having me. Hey, Meldy. Well, as a visionary, what is the story that you would like to bring to the world? The story I would like to bring to the world is a vision of being able to match every child in foster care who's waiting for an adoptive home, waiting for that forever family, match them with those adults who are waiting for a child. And they're often not found, and that would be my dream, is to, uh, in the perfect world, be able to bring them together. Well, that, that's awesome. What are the, the challenges of the matchmaking today? Well, currently what we see is most adults who are seeking to adopt are going through private adoptions. They want a brand new baby from birth, which I totally understand. I've been through all of this myself, and I wanted the same thing. So, for example, in the United States, um, approximately each year, adults dream private adoptions was over 670,000. And then last year um, in California, or no, the United States, 60,000 children were adopted through foster care. So most of the people are not looking to foster care to adopt. They're looking for baby adoptions. Mm -hmm. It's, um, I, can, I can say, so I worked on a book um, a few years ago with a gentleman who had a very bad situation with his, his, his original mom and dad. And um, he was in and out of juvenile uh, detention halls his entire childhood to about eight or nine years old. And then he, and he was in different foster care, but he was in a lot of really bad abusive situations. And then he found this one family, in particular the mom, really just put everything into, into him and turned his entire life around. In fact, he was a very smart child. And so he went on to get a full ride uh, to law school, reinvented himself completely. And he credits uh, really that, that introduction to her as the moment that changed his life. And I wonder, you must have known many other similar stories like this and, and really the power of great parents. I really do. And there's often the discussion, is it nature versus nurture? And obviously we're born with these innate personalities and qualities and traits, but many of us um, really need that nurture mm -hmm. in order to make it in our lives. There are some kids who, despite the worst circumstances, can somehow pull themselves through and up. But most of us, especially as children, need a nurturing, loving home. So for many children, finding that appropriate education or finding the appropriate um, adoptive home or finding the right therapist, what they need is that right person to come into their lives, to give them that opportunity yeah. to succeed. Great. So that, that, that's interesting because, you know, on another episode, we had a, this whole conversation about how 
children are actually very resilient. And even in, in bad situations, they could actually build a lot of character and coping skills. But if they don't have the opportunities to marry it too, um, there's not much they can actually do about that. So, you know, given like what's happening in, you just mentioned about foster care and trying to find the matchmaking with children, foster parents. I mean, how do we create these opportunities for the kids? I mean, like what's, what's the best way to try and do something like that? Well, I think for any family who's thinking of adopting, they need to think about what are their goals? Often, and unusually, the goal is very adult focused. I want a baby. I want a healthy baby. I want a baby from birth parents that were not drug addicts, don't have mental illness, have never been to jail. I want a baby of a certain race or religion. It's very much for the adult um, side of it, what I want, I want, I want, which mm -hmm. is again, totally understandable. If we tend to look at it in a different way, I want to be a parent that opens up a lot more doors. Right. And if we, there really is a trend among adoption professionals to make adoption more child focused than adult focused. What does this child need and what can these adults do for this child as opposed to what can this child do for these adults? If more of us thought in those terms, I think would open up a lot of doors. I tell my clients when they come in, potential clients who are looking into adoption for the first time, I say, so long as you don't have something that would prevent you from passing a home study, you can be a parent. And they look at me like, I don't believe you. I'm like, you can be a parent, but you'll be the one ultimately who decides. Because if you only want to be a parent through biological children and birth by yourself, that might not happen. But if you're open to a surrogate or an egg donor or a sperm donor, then you've got more opportunities. If you're open to adoption, and if you're open to foster adoption, because there are children out there waiting right now with their parental rights terminated waiting for home so if you can pass the home study and you want to be a parent if that's what you want you want to be a parent you can be a parent but for many people they have a specific vision of how they want to be a parent and like i said for most people they want that infant from day one and so they overlook the opportunity to become a parent to a child who's already born who already needs them for example um around 125,000 children in the United States in foster care right now are waiting to be adopted, parental rights terminated. They're freed for adoption if just somebody would find them. And I think um, we need to start focusing on this child-centered adoption and adults need to really figure out, do you want a baby of a certain make, race, sex, or do you want to be a parent? And if we can open up our hearts and minds, then we'll get a lot more of this matching done and a lot more people will find their children and will find their parents. I like the way you put that about opening up our hearts and minds. It seems to me, just hearing what you're saying, um, the idea that you want to pick out a certain baby, it almost seems like you're picking out a car. It feels very dehumanizing the way that, that and I understand it. I, I totally get it. I also, from the other side, um, my wife and I are, are uh, we have, two young children and we know we will we were very surprised people tell you try to prepare you for for being parents and you just never can really express to someone else what is involved uh how much your life will change so along the same same lines for any um parents who are thinking of becoming foster uh parents especially for children that it's they're not adopting adopting them at, when they're a baby but when they're older what advice would you give them especially if they have children already about mm -hmm. how integrating that into their, into their new family. How would you prepare them to get ready for that, for that new life experience? 
Right. Well, what, what you, going back to what you just said, it's, it's, being a parent's not for the faint-hearted, and whether you go through adoption or you birth your own children, you have to yeah. be prepared for the best thing in your life, the hardest work in your life, and the potential of the biggest heartache. Because children get ill, children die, children are born with disabilities, and that's whether you adopt them or not. So it's risky. So it's not for the faint-hearted. For those who are considering adoption, especially an older child, they recommend that you don't displace the children already in your family, that you adopt someone younger, so you don't displace the order in the family. I would recommend you definitely find out everything about that child's history, and you definitely need to have meetings. Because, you know, with adults, we don't just jump in and marry someone. There has to be a connection. There has to be a bond. And you'll find the same thing with the child. And the last thing you want to do is put these children through more rejection. So the more research you can do up front, the better. And you need to be realistic about what you're prepared for and what you're able for. I myself adopted through foster care. And I knew with my personality, I would not be well suited to parent a child with severe ADHD. I don't have the patience for the jumping, the running, the yelling, the constantly into everything. That just wasn't my personality. I was more suited to a child that was more withdrawn and maybe needed more nurturing. So I need, you need to know your weaknesses and your strengths as a parent and make sure that you can meet those, that child's need, needs. So, so it definitely seems like there's a lot of science to this. I'm sure there's been a lot of lessons over the decades on this. It almost sounds like there's some sort of personality matching going on. And, you know, being an AI guy, we always talk about like psychographics, trying to understand what makes people tick. Are these things that are part of the process to figure out the, the matchmaking? I don't think they are. I don't oh. think it's done enough. They're just so anxious. Right now, there are, like I said, um, I'm just looking at my numbers here. 450,000 children in foster care across the United States and 125 of those thousand are waiting to be adopted. And only 60,000 were adopted last year. So there's such a huge waiting list. A lot of the children that are waiting to be adopted are what we would call unadoptable, which means they're too old, which is defined as over five years old. So as you know, they're still babies at five. They're not infants, but they're still babies. But people don't want children over five, which is heartbreaking. Um, if they have obviously special needs, people, a lot of people are not prepared for that, and that's good to know your limits. But there's all different levels of special needs or medical needs. For example, when we went through foster care, we said we'd be prepared for our medical needs children because I myself had many medical needs growing up, and I'm not afraid of doctor's appointments and blood tests and administering medication. We said we can do all of that. So you need to kind of not just be thrown off immediately by titles. And then of course, sibling sets. Um, most people only want to adopt one. And the trend now is of course to try and keep siblings together. So if you want to be a parent and you're thinking ultimately like one or two children, maybe look at sibling sets who right now you may have a four-year-old and an infant mm -hmm. um, or a 10-year-old and a three-year-old. So those are the children that are considered unadoptable, which is just so sad. Um, but there's so many children out there who are just waiting. Yeah. Wow. Um, and this is a revelation for me because I didn't even, I never thought about five years old. Uh, we have a five-year-old right now. And so, yeah, you're right. You're, they're on the cusp of, of being a little bit older, but they are still, still babies. And to realize that people don't think that they're adoptable at that age is, is startling to me. Um, but clearly I can tell that you're very passionate about this, Melody. So how did you get involved in this? How did, how did this become your passion? Why is this so important to you? 
Well, good question. I've always wanted children. Since I was a little girl, I played with dolls, and I've been imagining what my children would look like since I've been a little girl. I, all I ever wanted to be was a mommy and possibly a kindergarten teacher or a child psychologist. That's how much I love children. Ended up going into law to work in children's areas of law. Um, and it just so happened when I met my husband and we got married, when we came time to try and have children, I had fertility problems. So we went through eight long, hard years of trying to have a children through all the fertility treatments, um, foster care. We became licensed foster parents. We had a failed private adoption. Um, after eight years, I adopted my one son through foster care. He came to us right before his fifth birthday, and he was adopted by the time he was seven and a half. And then we had one baby um, through fertility. I used an egg donor. Um, again, I was one of those people who said, I want my baby to have my eyes or my traits or my history. And I suddenly realized I just kept saying, I, 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 and I realized I just want to be a mom. And so we were able to have this incredible miracle, two babies in one year. The, the year my son was adopted was the year we got pregnant. So we were one of those stories where we finally were able to adopt. The fertility finally worked after eight years. And so the year I turned 40, I became a mom of two. And I always say that was the best year of my life. I know most women don't like turning 40, but it was the best year of my life. So I'm very passionate about foster care particularly. But since then, I left my job in government to spend more time with my children, to have more flexibility as a business owner, mm -hmm. and um, opened up the practice of education and adoption law and assist reproduction law and have now expanded to be a full service firm for any kind of family or child-related legal issue. That's that's awesome. I got to make sure I heard this right. That yeah. you, you, it was the your son's almost fifth birthday, but the, by the time the adoption got processed, the son was almost seven and a half. Yes, the average waiting time for a child to be adopted in foster care is four years. Wow. So wow. when my son, when a child is, I did not choose a child whose parental rights were already terminated. I was placed with a, a medical needs child who had just entered foster care. So. If they're older, they're given a year for the parents to try and reunify. If they're under a certain age, um, they're only given six months. And then at the end of that time period, the parental rights are usually terminated. But again, if the parents don't agree, then you have trials and trials get continued. In our case, um, the mother agreed. We have a very good relationship, ongoing contact. But the birth father filed, uh, originally consented and filed an appeal, which helps it held up in the courts for another year and a half. So by the time we adopted him, it had been two and a half years in our home. Oh, wow. So I, I know that you're, you're, you're helping out, you're, you're practicing in this area. Are these like the common issues you're seeing in your, in your work or are there other things going on? With foster adoptions, I think I definitely see those issues. The biggest fear people have, I believe, there's two big fears that keep people from going the foster adoption route. Number one is they're afraid the child will be they're going to fall in love with the child and the child's going to go home. That's a very real fear. It can happen. We had a foster placement. He ended up going home. The way I look at it is you have to go into it thinking either one of two ways. I'm here to help this child during this time. And if they go back to their home, then that's a great thing. They've been reunited with their family. Um, and if you don't have the heart for that, again, I totally understand. I've had all these emotions. You can look for children in foster care whose parental rights are already terminated and they're waiting to be adopted. And you can then kind of remove that risk of them going back to their parents. The other big fear is people are afraid that the children in foster care are also damaged. And they are damaged because of what's been done to them, but they're not damaged in that they're defective. 
they're still children. And like I said, nurture is so much a part of it. And you can take a child who is not doing well at all, but it's based on their circumstances and put them in the right home, the right loving environment with the right support, and they can just flourish. Um, One of the things with a baby, you don't know what's going to happen as that child progresses. With an older child, you kind of know what the issues are. You know if they have autism, you know if they have ADHD or a learning disability or a medical problem. So you kind of go into knowing what's going on and what you can handle. So that's that's what I see as a benefit. But those are the two biggest reasons people steer away from foster care. And I think there's ways to get around those fears. It sounds like, I mean, really to be a part of this, it requires a lot of selflessness to be a, a parent and dealing with this and really making the conversation not about yourself, but about giving to be truly oh. successful. Um, when, when you talk about these, like, these things, I can't help but think about uh, several Dickens books I read about the mistreatment of children. And it's so sad because when you are a child, I remember when I, growing up and saw, seeing these McGruff commercials about crime when I was a kid and thinking about when you're a kid, you're, you are very helpless. You're very dependent upon the adults around you. And of course, you, you can have a measure of resilience and things like that and pluck and get through these things. But at the same time, um, you know, the uh, children do rely on the adults in their lives. And um, I, I can't help but wonder how we can get better as a country and from a systemic perspective to make sure that more children don't fall through the cracks, that we do a better job as being uh, parents uh, so that we have stronger families. How do we begin to do that? And then also, if, if it does occur, the children do need a foster home, how can we do better by those kids? I think we can do better as a country with better mental health supports. Mm-hmm better resources for drug and alcohol abuse. Most of the children who are being removed for foster and put into foster care is because their parents are facing mental health issues, drug or alcohol abuse, have been incarcerated. Um, unfortunately, a lot of the parents who have children in foster care tend to keep having children, and so more there'll be multiple children from one mother or father in foster care. Um, so we could also do better probably with providing free birth control Um, those would be ways to keep children out of the system. And they do try, they definitely do try more preventative measures now. If there's reports of suspected child abuse that doesn't rise to the level of what children need to be removed from the home. Um, I know in Orange County, they really, social services provide services to help the family to keep the families intact, to keep the children in the home. And then of course, if they have to be removed, they look to family members first. Is there a grandparent, an aunt, an uncle, an adult cousin? They try to keep them within the family. And then their number one goal is to try and reunify that birth family. Um, For the children who have to be removed, I think we could do a better job with more people opening up their hearts and minds and homes to foster children. In Orange County, we don't have enough foster homes. We have to ship most of our teenage kids out to other counties, like Riverside, LA, where they go into foster homes or group homes because we don't have enough foster homes in Orange County that are able to take them. We're a very wealthy county. We're a small county. We should have enough foster homes. I have this great statistic, and this wasn't my idea, but like I said, there's about um, 450,000 foster children in the United States, 125 of those approximately waiting to be adopted. And these statistics are a little old. It's hard to get current statistics. But there are over 350,000 churches or parishes in the United States. If each church would come together and support one family, just one family within that church to take in a foster child or to adopt a foster child, we would have homes for all these children supported by their churches and their parishes. And it doesn't have to be obviously someone of religion, but just comparing the number of churches that are out there with the number of kids needed, 
there's we I think we need to be a little more um, giving in America. We need to think more about our you know our our own particular family and unit where we only think about ourselves. We need to think about all these children who, through no fault of their own, are out there needing support, needing a loving home, and for many of them. All they need is that loving, supportive home to flourish. Yeah. A lot of them will need extra supports. A lot of them do have special needs based on what they've been through. But yeah, it's not pretty, the stories you hear um, going through foster care with multiple moves, some abusive homes, um, in the group homes. It's just, it's, it's not the same as the family, a family unit. So sure. my heart really goes out to those kids. And uh, it's one of the best things we ever did was being foster parents and adopting through foster care and trust me he's a teenager like uh, any other teenager he can drive us crazy but i can't imagine my life any other way he's he's amazing yeah well that's that's great i you know I, you both sound very lucky to have had the opportunity and uh, that that's great but I, i'm hearing like it takes a village right community and all these things and it sounds like part of the challenge is education and not realizing that we need to try and help some of the parents right and people that want to be foster parents helping them understand and you know not just maybe thinking about i what i want but what's going to be best for the child and myself but it also sounds like that there's some training that needs to happen within the community like i you know i look at we all think about the lives that we know and assume everyone else is kind of the same way so if you come up in a relatively stable family environment, you're probably not even realizing half these things, right? Yeah. Right. So there's some um, media things that I think get people's attention. Um, there was a, a movie recently called Instant Family, and it was a sweet movie about these two adults who adopted three older children sibling set. And it was funny not completely realistic, but surprisingly realistic in other ways. And so I think that was, and it talked about the, it showed the challenges of adopting older kids. Yeah. Um, and then of course, there was a book written by Nia Vardalos. She was the actress in My Big Fat Greek Wedding. She and her husband, who was also a star in that movie, adopted through foster care. And the book talks about the challenges they went through and just the joys that they have felt since adopting through foster care. So I think if more people like that who adopt or foster could share their experiences, whether it's in blogs or talking to their friends, or if they have the audience through movie, video, whatever, I think that would really go towards educating people. Many people decide not to become parents because they can't afford adoption because private adoption is very expensive. The average cost of a private adoption in the United States is over $40,000. The average cost for an inter international adoption is probably double that by the time you add in all the travel expenses. Foster adoption is typically free to, or to up to maybe $2,000. And they provide what's called an assistance program in order to encourage and provide stability for children to be adopted through foster care. You continue to get the foster payments every month plus medical coverage until the child turns 18. That's to encourage people who might otherwise want to adopt but feel like they couldn't afford it if they were gonna lose the foster payments every month. It allows them to adopt and not lose that financial stability to help them actually raise the children. So I think if more people knew about that and realized they could mitigate some of their fears, such as the children going back by looking at or asking only to be matched with children who already parental rights have already been terminated 
or looking at children and getting their full health and medical histories to know exactly what they're facing, although we never know. And with any child, things can show up. But I think that would really um, open up their minds and make them feel more comfortable looking to foster adoption if they were better educated. Absolutely. And uh, I feel like you've opened up our minds too with this conversation. So if people want to learn more, if they want to find out about the great work you're doing, how can they get in touch with you and learn about what you're doing? Well, um, we love to talk about adoption. And like I said, especially my heart is foster adoption. So we are on the web at morelawoc.com. And our phone number here in Laguna Beach is 949-336-7711. And we are always ready to talk about adoption anytime anybody wants to know. That's awesome. Thank That's you. Awesome. Thank you for helping children and would-be parents. Well, thank you for having me on the show today to talk about my favorite topic. And hopefully, if I even push one or two more families into doing it, my life has been a success. So thank you for helping me share the message. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Melody. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. Hey, if you like today's show, please remember to hit the like button and leave a comment. If you've been enjoying the Changing the Story podcast series, please subscribe and share it with your friends. Thank you.